Hi there, I'm Father Matt Face. And I'm Amanda Vernon. Welcome to We Should Pray. The podcast where we discuss how prayer transforms tragedy into comedy. In this episode, we're going to talk about manhood, womanhood. We're going to show you the funniest video on YouTube, or at least the most relatable video on YouTube. Well, for some of us. Vanity, vanities. We should pray. We should pray. So we have a topic today. We sure do. That we're going to talk about. Absolutely. And we'll probably follow our our typical formula. We we definitely are gonna like talk about the tragedy. Yep. Pray. Mm-hmm. Turn it into comedy. Absolutely. Like we don't turn it into comedy. No. The prayer. Yeah, the grace of the Lord. Transforms, yeah, yeah, the tragedy into the comedy. Exactly. So then we can laugh about it. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that topic again for today? God made them male and female. Ooh, so culturally relevant and uh, accepted. Um, certainly relevant to the nervous. culture. Do you feel nervous? I am very nervous. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll just speak into that first. Sounds good. Okay. This is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of tragedy around the belief, around the, the state of being male and female right now. Mm-hmm. Um, even like having a discussion about what it means to be male and female, what it means um, to... Uh, like, it's hard to find words to say that I feel like would be not offensive. Right. Even just suggesting that we're going to have a conversation around it yeah. already feels like that could be inflicting tragedy. Yeah, because I don't want to add more tragedy to the situation. Exactly. Because sexuality is so often used against people, mm-hmm. um, whether that's through speech or in action. Um, or through some type of neglect. Like there's so much pain around sexuality in our culture right now, especially. I don't want to, I don't want to add to the tragedy. Right, exactly. By any of the words we say. And I have had personal experiences where I've just, not just, where I have through my words presented my beliefs about sexuality, my beliefs about God creating us male and female, talking about scripture, what what the Catholic Church teaches, and 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 been received as though I am purposefully hurting someone. Right. Like I'm thinking about a specific conversation. And so I'm just that's so not my desire here. Um and so I pray, like right at the onset of this conversation, that whatever we say would be received as good news would be filled with God's love and that God would just change the sounds of the words that we're saying so that by the time they reach the ears of whoever's listening, they can hear God in them and not only us. Amen. Okay, cool. So from our point of view, yeah, the tragedy mm-hmm. <laughs> around how God made them male and female. Let's start with womanhood. 
Okay. No, no tragedies at all, right? We've been t- we've been talking about the garden, the Garden of Eden. Yeah, quite a bit. Is, like in in these ep- recent episodes mm-hmm. of the podcast, and this scene, especially where the serpent comes and presents Eve with the temptation to eat the apple that she's not, or the fruit that she's not supposed to eat, and then in turn she gives that fruit to Adam. He's not supposed to eat it, eat it either. But he does. Yeah, chaos ensues, and so. Looking at this story from from just different angles is so insightful because um, it teaches us about who we are as as man and woman as humans. Uh, looking at our first parents, right, and their mm-hmm. actions and like the faults that we find in ourselves or the concupiscence as we've named it. I mean, we didn't name it that, but we learned to say it on the show. Yeah, exactly. And well so. I, it was something that I've wondered, which, which I haven't heard anyone else speak to exactly, but it, it strikes me as um, as compelling, is, is Eve's attitude toward Adam when she gives him the forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. Again, like the way that I've seen this presented, the, what comes to mind for me is for some reason this child's children's bible that i had when i was a kid just really sticks out in this maybe because i was just like looking at the garden of eden pictures and i'm like they're almost not wearing clothes scandalous you know (laughs) um (laughs) and so i'm wondering now like from as an as an as an adult my perspective as a woman what what were the feelings that eve had like in her heart when she went to adam with Mm -hmm. this with this fruit was it what I thought as a kid, which is like, oh, I tried this. You want to try this? Like very just unassuming. Why don't you join me? Yeah. Just like, oh, I happened to take a bite of this fruit. Look at that. And then Adam just kind of like happily stumbles into this sin that like ruins their lives and all of humanity until Christ, right? And so um, we n- now looking at this could ask perhaps, did was Eve aware of all that was happening in that moment or much of what was mm. happening. Like, was she poisonously disappointed in Adam Ugh. when she came to him yeah. with that fruit? Like, where was Adam? Why wasn't he there to protect her from this temptation? It was his job, his responsibility to guard the garden, to guard her, and yet he was nowhere to be found. Perhaps when she comes to him with this fruit, mm-hmm. it's with, like, just disdain. Like, so, hey... You weren't here, so I ate this. You want to join me? You know, like, and I, like she's already had the revelations. She's already right? had the revelations. Yeah. She already Oof. knows she's naked. She already yeah. knows he's naked. And and then and then since like this is the fall, um, he, why would Adam guard himself? Why would he second guess? He would have no reason to second guess her motives he would just trust her completely mm-hmm. oh you're giving me something it must be good for me and so i uh whether or not that's what was going on through um eve's mind i see this pattern of just deep disappointment in men and then almost like testing them like you're really disappointing me you want to disappoint me more or like, are you going to actually stand up and not be disappointing? Which is such a setup, really. It's kind of like, and then you gotcha. You totally disappointed me. I knew you would. Like, oh, it's so bad. And yet, I mean, it's so tragic. Absolutely. And yet I 
I imagine that many women can relate with those with those feelings and then even using like our ability to sway the the hearts and minds of the men in our lives like we use our power in that sense to to hurt them not not always intentionally but like to test them and then we're even more disappointed uh if and when they fail mm-hmm. the test so how how's that for some tragedy that's very tragic yeah yeah so what about manhood nothing tragic there nothing tragic there you're just like so many things around swinging from trees (laughs) you know adam could have just been content in the garden he could have been animals and him he could have been and yet he was not no so some tragedies that i would like to highlight about manhood (laughs) Go for it. And you can tell me if you agree that this is tragic or if I'm reading it the right way. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a setup Um, in a trap. (laughs) Okay. I would say lack of love and a shirking of responsibility, which I think are the same, go hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. For Like looking at Adam, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was supposed to be guarding the garden. He wasn't there to protect Eve. But then when she comes back around, instead of like standing up and... Taking that responsibility. It was the woman. She she gave me the fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you? I I wasn't I wasn't there for her. Yeah. That's why she had the fruit. Hiding too. So yeah. like shame. Hiding. Oof. Hiding from God. Shame and blame. A lot of a lot of shame in the in the masculine form. Yeah. Yeah. And I I also see like the the word that was coming to me was like exploitation. That the woman, that Eve, exploited Adam. Like she she went for his most vulnerable place, like his heart, right? Like he gave up a rib for this woman, right? So it's space there. <laughs> and There's a gap. There's a gap. And she like went right in there. Mm-hmm. Um, as women know how to do. And and then it just, it's like this vicious cycle. It continues, right? So she exploits him because he wasn't there. And then in turn, what he blames it on her. Mm-hmm. He's ashamed. But then can also exploit her because now he's stronger than she. Um, yeah. In a physical sense, you know. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, as a tragedy of, of manhood, I think that's, that failure to protect um, is can cut so deep, right? Because not only is it a failure first, like there's, there often is this sense of like needing to protect and to guard, and then when when a man fails, not only is that a failure, right? And that there's some actual tragedy that's occurred, um, but then just like the self worth drops, right? Mm. And then. It's either admit that or the easier thing is to try and protect that and then shift, protect, make up some protect lie, Protect the worth that's still there even though yeah. it feels like it's been knocked down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then like in defense mode. Yeah. In defense mode, just making it worse, right? And like then it continues. spiraling. Yeah. Mm, that's tragic. How about, um, we'll talk about fertility as a tragedy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm jumping to the comedy part. I'm laughing too soon. (laughs) 
stay stay okay i'll stay here yeah, stay in this I'll place stay here in okay in the tragedy place. i wanted to talk about immodesty like in dress in um speech mm-hmm. for women in particular and how we use immodesty uh as a weapon mm. against men um to dominate and um like assert control and i feel like that's not really popular to talk about either um i know that i've done that in the past i know that i recognize it i recognize the temptation myself to do that still even like i don't know like instagram culture for instance um how many more likes does a woman get like with the more skin that she mm-hmm. shows it's like it's a popular thing to do right but then how is that i i heard once that um immodest dress is like um a form of rape and that then so you think about it like your your eyes a woman if i'm using my body to like dominate i'm inciting a response in a man that he didn't ask for mm-hmm say he didn't ask for so if he didn't ask for this and i'm there and i'm presenting myself in a way that like incites his response without his permission Mm -hmm. then i think that's why that phrase resonates with me is that it's a form of rape does that make sense yeah absolutely i mean that's super delicate to to talk about i think but um but I, i think that's exactly right i mean the number of times um that a guy is like biologically engaged and excited against his will yeah. because of some something he's seen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that happens all the time, right? Just mm-hmm. watching TV even. Right. A, you know, a random commercial where... It, or like driving down the highway in LA. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, or and then of like course... billboards and... Yeah. yeah, in personal interactions as well, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's not what the guy is looking for or wanting and yet there it is presented to him in a way that he can't escape it and can't comment on it right now either which is which is a different piece to all of this but um mm-hmm. but absolutely right which goes with which goes along with uh, calling it a form of rape when it's like unspeakable almost culturally and so i oh there's one more point about that um Oh, yeah, in that then in the heart of a man when this is happening against his will, emphasis on the against his will, mm-hmm. that um, that there's like an anger and resentment that can so easily be there against toward the person who's like inciting this incident, mm-hmm. um, which could also be really confusing, I imagine, Um Absolutely. Not being on the other side of that, but like, but, but experiencing for myself, um, men who've tried to assert dominance over me sexually in the past, like realizing that there could be mixed feelings of like, for instance, enjoyment for, for me, like enjoying the attention and at the same time realizing something is wrong about this and like my freedom is being impinged upon. And so I think that I I could imagine that same scenario for men on like on the receiving end of seeing like images or um, sort of uh, provocative words 
that you're not like looking for. Yeah. I mean, cause in those situations, if, um, if the man does feel that there's like some domination or control over him because of what's presented to him, then, then what's he going to do with that? Probably he wants to establish, reestablish his own control mm. over and against that. Right. And when that's what happens, when that's the route that's taken, often it's, um, even more tragic than right adversary then it becomes adversarial, adversarial yeah and then that's Who's like back to that cycle of blaming and yeah. shaming yeah okay all right are we in the tragedy we're like we're, we're in it yeah it's pretty tragic okay can we talk about fertility we can <sighs> okay women ladies hi out there just me in this room but i trust and in the future when this is released to the public there will be more of us can relate <laughs> with women problems i'm not really going to get into that anymore in detail right now but it's just like women problems why okay also when it comes to like the baby part of the fertility equation um how tragic is it that what god designed to be so beautiful like creates man creates woman says be fertile and multiplies this blessing yeah that that call in it of itself is is problematic for us throughout the generations for various reasons um that fertility has become such a burden to so many for because of our fallen nature mm -hmm. whether mm -hmm. it's not being fertile enough you know how many stories we have about women in the bible who are barren and outcast because of it and sorrowing right or now like if you're too fertile <laughs> Not that I know anybody in that category. If you're too fertile, then you have you can also have issues, um, especially like for us as like Catholics, as Jim Gaffigan says. Well, there's no goalie, and so <laughs> this call to be open to life in your marriage, and how do you navigate that? Like we have uh, natural family planning, but that's not completely entirely efficient, right? So we're not in control of completely of our own fertility and so i think that goes back to that uh to the scripture verse our theme here god made them male and female it's not just we are male and female but right, god exactly. made them that he he has the say over who we are who we're created to be and and how our bodies function and point on, us toward him on purpose and for a reason yeah yeah so it's our, our, but in our fallen nature, that becomes tragic when we just look at it with our own human understanding. Mm -hmm. And what about men's fertility? <laughs> hey, I have a quote from you here that yeah. you said when we were talking about this in uh -oh. advance. That makes me nervous. <laughs> uh, most of men's problems have to do with women. <laughs> you think that's true, David? Well, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> Most of men's problems have to deal with women. Let me think about that for a little bit. <laughs> I, okay, when it comes to fertility, uh, I'm talking a lot here. That's all right. Okay. <laughs> or just, you can just like, you know, The guys are just going to stay quiet. Okay? Yeah, I, I think that's safer for everyone. <laughs> Oh, I'll man. hold off on the fertility topic, I think, especially. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good call. All right. So I, I what I've seen is uh, 
that from a tragic point of view, mm-hmm. not from a loving and supportive stance that men, when they have to deal with a woman's fertility, it's like either you have some options, like either like use, use women mm-hmm. or just like keep them out of the picture. <laughs> or I'm thinking like when I say keep them out of the picture, I'm just picturing like a board room, staff room, of just like men solving problems without mm-hmm. like any female input like it's just right and then um or like make the women like the men like treat them like men as if they were as if they were men Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like specifically like physical fertility and like childbearing if you think about contraception it's rendering infertile the sexual act so that the woman cannot Mm -hmm bear forth new life and so i mean that's like men cannot (laughs) so um to 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 say like yeah like i love you and everything about you except this part this piece yeah Yeah, this piece that differentiates you so distinctly from men i I think i have a response now okay for your question so i you said are are women most men's most problems are most most of men's problems have to do with women is that what Mm -hmm. i said okay so i think it's true in a sense because you know john paul ii uh maybe he was what at the time in Mm -hmm. love and responsibility he says you know who is man going to be for woman and woman for man that's kind of like at the root of of like all, all the issues we see in the world so any problem that is a woman's problem is automatically a man's problem. So mm. therefore I think it could kind of be true in one sense, but maybe father Matt, you can speak to how that's the case, you know, in celibate life. Yeah. I mean, first <laughs> well, of all, well said, unless you guys want to tackle <laughs> well, that later. We'll come back around to that. We'll give you some time <laughs> to think about it now. All right. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> David, that was excellent. Thank you. Thank Are you, you on the screen right now, David? Can people see you? I was. Okay, can you come back? Now I'm back. Is it just you or is it us and you? Just me. Okay, great. Uh, If we could please just look at David. Go ahead and look at David. There he is. All right. Now, I'm going to ask anybody who's watching and you, Father Matt, Mm -hmm. to look at David's body. (laughs) Ow, ow. Okay. So. (laughs) There it is. I noticed you laugh. I I did. (laughs) All right, you can come back to us now, David. All right, here we are. Hey. So, uh, why did you laugh at David's body? Well, I, I, I wasn't laughing at his body. Okay. I was laughing at the particular request to, to at gaze request upon it. to gaze upon his body. So, yeah. why did you not laugh when I said, look at David? Well, I see, I see what you're doing there. Um, yeah, because... So, yeah, like, okay. That's a normal thing. How How could we see David? If not for his body, were you like looking at his heart? <laughs> Gazing deeply through Into his, his eyes. soul. Yeah, yeah but like through but his, eyes. his eyes. That's you his need, body. Like, yeah, his yeah. eyes have to be there. His body has to be there. <laughs> and um, I, uh, I learned this, I think, from Christopher West, who uh, first introduced my parents to the theology of the body when I was mm-hmm. 11. That's when I first heard about theology of the body. And um, he, another teacher who I 
love um, who talks about theology of the body is Father Thomas Loya, and he's a visual artist, so he paints, and Mm -hmm. he has this just really poetic way of talking about our sexuality and how that points to God. And he says, uh, he talks about just the shape of a woman's body and the shape of a man's body and what we can learn about God from that. And he talks about how like women are created to nurture and like even the shape of our body facilitates that. And he talks about like, how does a woman hold a baby? Let's think not maybe not a brand newborn infant, Mm -hmm. but say like an 18 month old child, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're walking, not maybe talking, like saying a few words. Right. Yeah. Right here, like right on the hip and like. Right my hip. hip goes in on the side. It's like a spot. It's like a baby holding seat. seat. Yeah. And so, and he's saying like my, my body like conforms to this child. Right. And, and then he says like, what does that teach us about the tenderness of God? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. And he says, but uh, what does a man, bo- man's body teach us about God's love and say the love of a father. And he said, how does, how does a man hold an 18 month old child like this <laughs> <laughs> thrown up in the air yeah right? thrown up in the air hands raised and the baby's like ah, flying <laughs> david do you remember the rocket ship yes <laughs> yes i i do remember the rocket ship Can we, how? i would hold jamal or any of the kids some responded better than others. <laughs> but Jamal in particular. Just hold them and get them really excited and be like, and then they knew the rocket ship was coming because <laughs> I built up to it and he'd get really excited and I'd yeah, watch him. It, but some of them, yeah. Less exciting. Yeah, that didn't. Scared. But that, you, that came with like a complete like let go. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I threw them up pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Within reason, of course. Right. You learn real quick which which of them like it and which don't. But Jamal loved it. <laughs> and when he was about that age, 18 months, all you had to do was make that sound. What was that sound again? <laughs> <laughs> all you had to do was make the sound. And his whole body would like tense and he would get this huge <laughs> smile yeah. and start like laughing. Red, like he's ready. Like even if you weren't even holding him yet. Yeah, or, and then I remember, yeah, I remember. Pavlov's dog. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in particular. You just walked into the room one day, and he was sitting in his <laughs> he was sitting in his um, little chair to eat. What's it called? Booster seat chair, high chair. <laughs> and he was like had his little finger food in front of him, and he saw you walking in the room, and he grabbed the edges of the high chair. He's like, <gasps> <laughs> "It's lunch time! It's lunch time!" Yeah. No, it's lunch, lunch. Porque no los dos? Ah, there you go. <laughs> so we should pray. We should pray. How about you lead us in a prayer about like with the theme of how it's good. It's good that God made us. That God sees us and says it's very good. Sounds good. I think I can do that. (laughs) Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, creator of everything, creator of all that is good. We rejoice in your creation around us, the gifts of being, the gifts of nature, of animals in the world. We rejoice most of all, Lord, for the gift of us, who you have created and who you have named very good. 
Help us, Lord, to trust that we are made by you, that we are made very good, that what you have made is beautiful and glorious and echoes the glory of yourself. You made us, O Lord, very good in your image. You made us, O Lord, very good as your sons and daughters. Help us to remember, to believe, and to rejoice in our status as children, as sons and daughters of you. Let us remember that that is very good. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, you're really manly. Thank you. I uh, I try to be. I don't want to say but. I feel like there's a but coming. <laughs> Never mind. But. But. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but you know how you talk about, like. Look. Okay. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. It's your turn. All right. So like every personality test I've ever taken. <laughs> Right? Like, as it gives the descriptions, every time I read it, I'm like, well, that's that's really true. Like, if it's a good one, right? Unless it's like, what kind of pie are you or whatever. But <clears throat> even those. Oh, I really do like that. What kind of Christmas cookie Cookie would you be? Yeah. Quote. Uh, it's not quote. Um, The quiz. quiz on BuzzFeed or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, not yeah. that I'm endorsing BuzzFeed, but that particular quiz <laughs> might be worth checking out. Yeah. So when you take personality, you liked personality quizzes. Yeah, I think that, it's fun to do. And right? when you take them. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is right. I, I see I see. Where oh, they, like if the answer, at. yeah, you can like correspond the answer yeah. to your... Like if it's, like, I get it. Yeah, cool. it seems like this is a good okay. one, right? It's matching up with things in my life. I also always notice that, like, those are usually really feminine things. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't love that. When people tell me about myself. That sounds like you're describing a woman. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> like, because I'm, I'm, I'm caring. I'm really empathetic, hmm. um, compassionate, things like that. Um, service oriented, right? I mean, a lot of these things makes sense for other reasons um where where i am as a priest right like serving people right okay 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 <laughs> what like, you're saying I am, is <laughs> i am so embarrassed right now yes sorry i just we're just this is good art i, I was impressed when when we were looking at david's body <laughs> yeah um, Here, let me turn it over to me yeah he didn't blush let me turn it over to me for a second he didn't blush at all <laughs> Just got to brighten up the light. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm just sweating. <laughs> it's cut. It's cause the habit is hot. It's yeah. get, the air conditioning. Okay. Well, let's. <laughs> okay. I mean, you are married to Jesus I as well. Technically married to a man. I mean, so, no, not technically. I mean, yeah. God and man. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. more so than priests who are not religious. In in a religious order, right? Often, often, um, like diocesan priests will talk more about me being married to the church, the church, yeah, as the bride of Christ, yeah. But mm -hmm. do they take this different kind of the vows, or is it all the same? Well, um, maybe that's a question for a different day. Yeah, that's my point. Is the same. that that 
in our society, mm-hmm. we have these attributes that we often prescri- um, ascribe mm-hmm. to men and other attributes that we ascribe to women, mm-hmm. even though those are not like scientifically based or and, and or like even um they haven't like stood the test of time per se because it mm-hmm. ch- it changes like guys used to wear high heels and dresses and some still do wear um long flowing garb so it's a cassock all right <laughs> it's not a dress i mean it's a technically a dress i think i would i think i wanted you to talk about how you asked yourself though <laughs> about your sexuality <laughs> in high school and then we can move past this okay point. look i regret <laughs> Telling you this. Well, you're not the only one who asked about it, though. Well, thanks. This is an embarrassing. So also, when I was in high school, I was I was in um, I was in theater and I really enjoyed that. Um, I had a lot of close guy friends Uh and and, and, um, And friends who were girls as well. Right. Tons of friends who were girls. Yes. And there were. They loved you so much. They definitely did. Um. And there, but there were, I remember one specific time when there was, I forget what the context was before, but it was something we were talking about someone who was, um, who was gay as, as they described it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought, well, that actually a lot of those things yeah. sound like me. So when we were in high school, yeah, <clears throat> I wondered if you were gay also, <laughs> But it was because I liked you so much and you never made a move or brought it up. And I was like, can we play that Nicole Kidman (laughs) clip, please, to just kind of stay in these feelings for a moment? Oh, Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) I don't know if you remember this, but we, we met before. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, this? I remember. Wait, 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 pause there. You can tell from the very first words. Oh, I remember. That she has like a lot of information that he does not have. That's certainly what it sounds like, yeah. Okay. yeah Do you want me to tell I have not seen you since then. I have not. Right? That is correct. No. But this is a years ago, and I. Do you want me to tell my version of this? Yeah, okay, okay. So this version. is where he realizes, like, there are my two versions. Version. He's because, yeah. like, that's you, like, astute, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, I think that maybe his level of perception is higher as like a TV host than it might be in his personal life. That's just my guess. Yes, based certainly on this. than it was in this story. Yeah, this yeah. Story. Hindsight being what it is. <laughs> I'm walking down the street in New York City. Yeah. My friend Rick calls me and says, dude, what are you doing? I go, I'm just walking down the street. He goes, uh, I have Nicole Kidman with me, and she wants to meet you for uh, maybe it, to be in Bewitched or something like that. So I go, okay. what? Uh, okay. She goes, so casual. So casual. Like, Playing it so cool. Nicole Kidman is coming over. He's like, okay. It's probably about a movie. It's fine. Yeah, this is totally normal. I can be in your apartment and like, 10 minutes. I go, you're going to bring Nicole Kidman over to my apartment? I'm like, okay, I don't know. What, what do I do? What do I have something? What do I do? He goes, I don't know. Just get some cheese and crackers or something. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, cheese and crackers, right? It's the, that's- She's laughing like peasants. <laughs> you peasants. 
I'm like, Jesus crackers, I don't even talk about that. I don't, I don't have dinner party. I don't have anyone over my house. I'm like, I have video games and sneakers. I mean, I really, I was, so I go and I go, I, there's a deli and I go in the deli. I go, what, what do you mean cheese? He goes, get brie or something. Go, brie? I don't even know what that is. I'm like, uh, so I go in. This is like, I'm on Saturday Night Live, I guess, or something. I don't remember really when it was. But I just remember I liked you and he was like, not now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. There it is. <laughs> That? So sad and so funny. His face. His face. His face right now. <laughs> and it's about to get better. Oh. Okay. I'm married now. Um, but he was like, oh, well, you can meet. I mean, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not that way. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? So he says. She's like trying to like, let's stay in the present moment. Yeah. Let me just let you know that I liked you. Anyway, and back to right now. No, no. Yeah, because he's going back. What? Yeah, a whole world of possibilities has opened up for, for poor little Jimmy. It's about to come crashing down. So Rick, our mutual friend, says, oh, yeah. you know, Jimmy wants to meet you and you can go over to his apartment and da 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 And I'm single and I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> I heard this little interview with Nicole Kidman after, and they were like, "So was that scripted?" She's like, "No, I I think you can tell that it's not scripted at all. I'm never going back on the show." She's like, "Just kidding. Maybe I will, but it was awkward." Okay. Yeah. Are you talking about? Yes. Did I date Nicole Kidman? <laughs> Do we so go, I go a date? over though, and you're there in a baseball cap and like nothing, just like. <laughs> you had Brie and cheese. Like, and you wouldn't talk. You didn't say anything. You were like, hey. Mm, mm, mm. Did you? I didn't say. I was very nervous. I was nervous. I didn't know this was so, a, uh, that this is a thing. I thought this was, was a like movie. It was like a hang. It was meant to just. Oh, oh he God. says. And then he's so a, sad. He's like, I didn't know it was a thing. She's like, it wasn't just a hang. Oh man. Okay. Oh. Go game on or something. And I'm like, this <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> Falling out of this chair. <laughs> the band, at this point, the band is like, okay, we need to trans play some transitional music to get we, out of this we need to help conversation. Our, we need to help them. <laughs> yeah. I swear, and you didn't oh talk at all. And so after oh about God. an hour and a half, I thought, he has no interest. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Oh. <laughs> I had no and I went, okay, no chemistry. And then I was like, maybe he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> see? You see? You see? That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Poor. Poor? Poor Jimmy. Jimmy. I, I resonate <clears throat> a lot with that. Okay, well. Um, yeah, because he just, <laughs> he just didn't. He just didn't get it. He was oblivious. That's all. Is that a manhood problem as well? Being oblivious? Oh, um, I suspect yes. <laughs> Speaking personally, absolutely. Okay. So, um, thank you for allowing me to laugh at you. And You're welcome, I guess. for feeling the pain that Jimmy fell in also. <laughs> so, um, can we talk about how... Can we talk about how... Um, the 
the attributes say in our society for Mm -hmm. like this is what a man is like Mm -hmm. and what a woman is like not speaking about how god created man and woman but how men and women are uh expected to act or what they're expected to um like or to how they're supposed to present themselves like say on a societal level how like those expectations do not define us could you talk about that um yeah (laughs) it was a big setup um yeah i mean there there are (laughs) there are specific do you think the way that god created us as male and female is good Look, do I think that the message is still relevant today? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it certainly is good, right? And the, these attributes that we have, um, especially like writ large apply, right? But of course, in in particular things, as God makes us not just in like... Um, two chunks right but he makes each of us also as individuals so we do have uh, that individuality that's at play the individual personalities and all those things um so there is that interplay um, Mm -hmm. but that's how we were made Mm -hmm. right and that is that absolutely is good and so when when we stand before god as as a singular person Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's you as a man yeah. Before God. Yeah, exactly. It's me as a woman before God. And and that at the the core of our identity is that we are children of God. That I am that you of are. God. Yeah, exactly. Made in the image Made and likeness image. Go. of God. And and that the the image and likeness of God is a communion of love. Is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is that love between the Father and the Son, which is the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And so when God calls us to be in his image, then our, our very bodies speak of that communion, yeah, of, of that um, life-giving love. And that, and that I'm so grateful that you're here having this conversation with us, Matt, Father Matt, because um, then like that gift of celibacy shows us that our our creation as men and women being created as men and women mm-hmm. is pointing us toward uh, a greater marriage yeah like a the, the ultimate union to come union yeah. of god and mankind right mm-hmm. of, of god and humanity christ and the church and that it's not like based uh, our, our our happiness, our fulfillments, our blessings in this life are not based on whether we find that person, our like soulmate here on earth and get married and have 10 kids per se, um, but or like however many kids, um, but that <laughs> but that all of the love that we experience, whether as a, God created us as a man or as a woman, that that is pointing us toward how heaven is described as the marriage feast mm-hmm. of the lamb. How am I doing? How's my theology sounding? Well, I think that's sounding I'm real good. I'm a little nervous, but um, I think it's important that we mm-hmm. talk about it. And when you were praying about how it is good, God created us and said it is good. He also said it's not good. 
for do we have that verse dude it's not good the lord god said it is not good for the man to be alone i will make a helper suited to him in genesis chapter 2 verse, verse 18. 18 so i was asking is that the first time god god said it's not good I mean, it's Genesis 2, so probably not a lot of chance before that. <laughs> yeah. And so um, that that he was meant to be in communion, mm-hmm. to be in community. Mm-hmm. And so that, that helper who he sent. So I found this Theology of Work website. Mm-hmm. It looks like an ecumenical Christian website. And they talked about the the meaning of this word in scripture, a a helper Mm -hmm. referring to woman that um, when God says, I will make a helper suited to him and the word easer. Do you think I'm saying that right? Easy E-R. Easer. Easer. um, Yeah. Easer. That'll work. Is there. Yeah. Nice. Um, So uh, that it's, what is it really? Do you know? I don't. You're just making it up. Okay. That in in Hebrew, the word for helper that they used in this in this verse, according to this website, and I've, I've heard this before as well, it's not a helper as in like a servant or an assistant, right? Exactly. But help, savior, rescuer, protector—the same uh, help that we say when we say God is our help, and so uh, that's, that's from that same. Um, word in Hebrew and the website says this in no other occurrence in the Old Testament does this refer to an an inferior but always to a superior or an equal help Mm -hmm. expresses that the woman is a help or strength who rescues or saves man so like um, they say that 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 word in the Old Testament occurs 21 times in two cases it refers to the first woman to Mm -hmm. Eve in Genesis 2, three times refers to like these powerful nations that Israel called on for help when they were besieged. Right. And then the rest of the 16 remaining cases, the word refers to God as our help. So that's awesome. Um, some pretty powerful connotation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I'd like to talk about how prayer transforms the tragedy that we were speaking of in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Into something glorious, something with a happy ending, something we can laugh about with joy. Yeah. And so Christ as the new Adam. Yeah, Christ the new Adam. Right what does there. He, do? he he saves us in all the ways that Adam failed Eve. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He comes in um in the midst of the broken world, right? Not in the perfect situation of the garden. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, even coming into Israel at a time when they themselves are um, overpowered. Right. So like Israel itself isn't anything like the garden at this point, but that's where that's where Christ enters. That's where um, he comes crashing into the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, as as a uh, an infant, you know, in a lowly house, whereas Adam's like the man <laughs> the only man the only one right uh, yeah um, yeah so e- like even from the beginning it's it's all of these ways that are um uh, entirely natural and human mm-hmm. but um um i mean jesus is also fully divine i'm not trying to entirely undermine... natural and human and entirely divine yeah i'm not trying to undercut right, the right, incarnation right. here um uh and he he comes in 
and then even from that place that that place of weakness from starting Mm -hmm. he's able to um to be truthful to stand up to to save and to sacrifice himself and redeem so like where adam was nowhere to be found when eve needed him yeah like there is jesus right even in the garden right the garden of uh gethsemane there he is uh with the serpent and he's just completely staying true to God, right? Not hiding yeah. at all, um, but but staying there. And instead of that, like, blame and shame and that those that cycle that we were talking about, Jesus, instead of protecting himself and getting in <laughs> defense mode, mm-hmm. stretches out his arms. Yeah. Just opens himself. Yeah, stretches himself out on the cross. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about, like, the weakness, like... Um, that, in the rib yeah in the rib and where is he pierced in his side right up you know across to mm-hmm. his heart in that direction and so we see how how the new adam undoes redeems the fall of the first adam mm-hmm. and as being one who himself jesus without without sin and he's taking on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so beautiful. And Eve, I, I love I love thinking of the new Eve, Mary, Mary, mother of God. And I love I never thought about that title that we have for her, Mary, Mary, uh, help of Christians, help of Christians, yeah, like that kind of help, like that is greater than than us you know like not just like oh can you can you hand me let's hand me a rosary please over yeah. there like help me no like no like well you're holding your rosary like i'm stuck help. like un help. yeah like undo mm-hmm. you know this the tragedy mm-hmm. in which i find myself and and when we look at the story of the virgin birth of the angel gabriel coming to announce this plan that god has for mary and her life like she could have in that moment pointed the finger started started blaming her culture her society Mm -hmm. what the expectations that were placed on women at that time like if her community turned against her if her betrothed turned against her they they could have stoned her to death for being found pregnant Mm -hmm. she could have been like look it's not a good time for women (laughs) all right our society has some problems like i can't be right and and look joseph's not even here right instead she, as Christopher West describes it, stands up and says, I believe that God is love. Mm-hmm. So she stands as an individual, yeah. as a singular woman in front of the Lord and says, be it done unto me according to your word. And and then, and for me as a, as a woman, this is such a beautiful call. She, she, she stands, right? She stands mm-hmm. strong. And then she stands and stays with the man. So like, Jesus on the cross. Yeah. She stays with him. And like, can we as women stay with the men who were called to accompany? Now, like it's easier maybe to be like, yeah, well, he was God. So like <laughs> he wasn't going around disappointing. And she her. was immaculately conceived. Yeah. yeah. And yet, and yet, is it a stretch of the imagination to think that maybe God could be not 
living up to the expectations that she would have had like on, on a human level mm-hmm. like here he comes to save yet he's dying like how how is that fulfilling the promise and yet right. she does not like she doesn't even question then she doesn't she doesn't um, or doesn't call out yeah up. like she she doesn't leave mm-hmm. yeah Oh. She stays, whereas all of the other apostles, besides John, Gone. they run away. Scattered. And where is John? By Mary. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, would, could he have stayed if she hadn't? You know, and I see like how her yes and her courage then empowers the men in her life to stand as mm-hmm. well, to be mm-hmm. not afraid. Like Joseph, um, when he's going to divorce her quietly because he's scared yeah the angel says you don't be afraid right it, but mary said yes first right and led the way and so i i see how like she undoes the damage that was caused by her first mother the damage that's in all of us women that's in all of the human race that that tendency to turn away from god to fear that he also will leave us and she believed that even even though the men in her society the men for generations have not been there Mm -hmm. and many times when we've needed them god always will be and in that it it changes that changes the tragedy into this beautiful love story into something that we can look at and and laugh with joy for the for the future I'm thinking about that image of Jesus descending to the dead and you know what I'm talking about? Well, he, there's a couple of these I've seen that I love. Where he's reaching out a hand to Adam and to Eve. Ah, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And bringing them into paradise. You just think about their great, 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 great grandson. You know, many greats. <laughs> um, yeah. Coming back. For coming them. back to save them. Yeah. But, Those are beautiful images. <sighs> Family. That's where we're going to conclude. Not like right in this moment, but we're going to conclude with the idea, the image of family. So good. Could you read uh, Scott Hahn's words for us, David? The Christmas story has an unconventional hero. Not a warrior, not a worldly conqueror, not an individual at all, but rather a family. And that's from Scott Hahn, Joy to the World. So, should we should we talk to those who might be struggling with family right now as we close up? I think that sounds like a beautiful uh, message to end on. What should we say to them? <clears throat> there is tragedy in our families, in your family. No matter who you are, I can say that with quite confidence, right? There is... There is tragedy um, in our lives, in our families. And we are made in the image and likeness of God, and it is good. You are very good. Thank you to the congregation of Holy Cross. Uh, isn't the Holy Family like a big deal for you guys? They are. The Holy Family, that's the, the, the patrons of our congregation. And you're modeled after them. Modeled after the Holy Family, absolutely. And like the way that you live community. We try to be the Holy Family. Enter, yeah. Do you try to enter into the spirituality of a loving mother and father and child, like bearing good fruit in the world? 
and absolutely and then you're like friends with families you go to their house there's a lot of family. And then you make a podcast yeah. and while we're here we are yeah. thank you to holy cross thank you and thank you opportunity to our families <laughs> yeah while we're at it yeah thanks family you guys are tragic and i love you so much <laughs> who else should we thank while we're at it um, thank you to all of you who support uh, us in this endeavor. Thank you especially to those of you who are Amanda Vernon patrons. Yeah. We have a family uh, patron offering. Like you could be friend, yeah. fan, family. Welcomed right into the family. Yeah. 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 People could learn how to officially crazy. become part of the Amanda Vernon patron family at amandavernon.com slash patron. God bless you today and every day. You are... Very good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.